Welcome back to Trevor Talks Titans with Jordan. I'm Trevor, and this is Jordan. Hello. Hey, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 2, Rose. Fully short, 40-minute episode of Titans. Um, and uh, hopefully we can keep this podcast pretty pretty brief as well. You know, last week was like a the premiere episode was like a fifty minute romp, and it was just aggravating and hell. It felt like a good two hours long. It felt like I was watching a whole damn movie. That thing moved so slow. This one was a little bit easier to watch. Easier in the sense of it's played like a normal episode, but it still had its. This went on a little too long in certain points. Uh, this is, this is the, this is quote unquote supposed to be the first episode of season two. As season one, we are introduced to where everyone's at. So there's the Titans Tower in San Francisco and the rest are on, I guess, a patrol. (laughs) Yeah, we, we jumped ahead three months in time. So I was kind of wondering, do you think that that first episode was shot, uh, along with like the first season, uh, or uh, because you know all their all their hair looked different and stuff to indicate the time had passed since yes. episode one. Yeah, uh, D- Dick's hair changed a bit too, and so did uh, so did Beast Boy. Jason, yep. not so much. Slightly uh, different. Uh, Bruce Wayne looks uh, even older. He looks about three years older now. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is <laughs> you, you age pretty fast when you get to be about sixty. Batman Beyond, uh, Bruce Wayne is here, folks. Uh, I looked up Ian Glenn's age, and he's 58 years old. That's, like, super old. Even to be playing, like, an older Batman, that's super old. It's, uh... He was kind of a... He's, He's like an old, frail Batman... He's got a little bit of turkey neck going on turkey when we briefly neck, see him in this episode. Still kept that, that whatever the fuck you call that voice... I, the, the business that, that, I, I i would say it's businessman bruce then uh <laughs> yeah he just seems he just seems like a businessman when when uh dick calls him he's sitting at his desk he pick, he answers his cell phone bruce wayne like like you don't know like he doesn't know who's calling him like that batman should always know who's calling him you know like he doesn't have the Titans Tower number on his speed dial or whatever. Like, yeah, he doesn't even have like caller ID to know that's Dick Grayson. Go, hey, what's up? <laughs> Do we need to bother to uh, like recap the whole episode? I know you like d- describing we, plot we, and stuff. We have to only out of sense of like if you didn't see the episode, we have to like try yeah. and help our and audience. We, well, we out. jumped we jumped way ahead already. So if yes. you want to give them the quick recap, uh, you can go ahead. Before we get that, I got some breaking news here. I I have uh, I have unsubscribed to the DC Universe yearly, and I'm now on a monthly membership starting, I guess, next week. Really? What made you uh, make the switch? They said, "Hey, would you like to pay seventy five bucks right now for another year of DC Universe?" And I'm sitting here going, well, okay, but Titans only has like 12 episodes again, so that's like roughly three months, and that's like 24 dollars. And there's, and I there has been points where it's like I have not used this service, and you're cutting back on things, so I'm done. Just give me these Titans episodes, maybe the Harley Quinn cartoon, 
and then I'll unsubscribe, wait till Doom Patrol returns for season two, and then call it a day. Who knows if DC Universe is even going to last another year? So it's pro- probably a play. But uh, so they did a recap. Then they had that and famous this episode. Sorry, go ahead. Burp, bop, boop, bop, bop, bop. Uh, so then we are introduced to the first scene, which is a uh, training montage. You get to see all your favorites yeah. in San Francisco three months later. Uh, namely, no, no, the first the first scene is at the coffee shop, and they do a little gag about how they get your name wrong at Starbucks. Oh yeah, Dirk. Fun? Dirk. They called him Dirk, and he said Dick, and the barista was like, "What? What no you one say? calls themselves Dick, right?" So much annoying, quippy, like Marvel movie dialogue in this episode. It feels like I'm watching a shitty, low budget version of a Marvel movie it with is. really bad, lots of bad CGI fire. Also, oh no, 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 that, that's the real spoiler near the. Uh, so it's uh, we see that Rachel's addicted to coffee now. Dick Grayson still loves fancy coffee drinks. Uh, they go to the tower. Uh, and it's uh, you see a train montage with Beast Boy and Jason. Jason is blindfolded with a wooden sword, and Beast Boy is trying to defend him uh, by by also sword playing. This is too much detail. You got to speed this up. Oh, it's okay. It's shitty. Dick Grayson then shows up and says, <laughs> uh, "You need to be blindfolded because you need your. What if you lose your senses?" And then does some shitty thingamajigs. And starts pointing yeah. swords out at everybody, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Jason gets so a little pissed off, saying, saying "I should so be Robin right now." Dick goes, "No, fuck you. You have to be here. You're not ready." Even though he was Robin. Yeah, but Bruce decided that he wasn't ready to be Robin anymore, so instead he has to go to another city. Uh, where Batman can't supervise him, or, and instead he's under... It, do, it doesn't make any sense. So wait, he gets a Robin suit. He's Robin. Dick Grayson he, is like, you're not Robin now. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. They were just setting that up so later in the episode, uh, Dick could be like, I used to be Robin or something. And he's like, does that mean I'm Robin now? And it's like, yeah, you're Robin. Like, what are you talking about? He was already called Robin. And it's and he like maybe it's just like one of those Batman found out he's like suplexed those cops in season one and is like, yeah, you can't kill the cops. I'm Blue Lives Matter or something. He's just like putting him in like a long term timeout by pu- putting him in the Teen Titans in San Francisco. Uh, I forgot the guy. Uh, Doctor Light busts out of San Quentin. Uh, so why is Dr. Light just in like a regular prison and not some kind of super prison like Bell Rev or something? I mean, we, we it's established that we're deep into the DC universe. Batman's already 60 years old. All these supervillains already exist. They should have like super prisons. This guy has incredible light powers that he's able to use to help facilitate his escape. You not know? Only, yeah, not only that, they established there is a Justice League in this continuity, which means Batman is in a world where there's a Wonder Woman, there is a Superman, and there is a Flash. So the yeah, Flash so it, would have it, his own prison, just like in the DC TV series. 
Right. Well, I guess if it had been Bell Rev prison that he was getting busted out of, then every other supervillain, they'd have to explain why only he got out and not everyone else. So for some reason, Dr. Light is in normal San Quentin prison, which he easily escaped from. Uh, and then we go back to Hank and Don. They're on a ranch somewhere near D.C. Oh, they're in Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming. My bad. And they're just talking about how great life is, that we are no longer at the mercy, and hey, we can have kids. Yeah, they retired. They're out of the life. They're living out on a ranch, uh, teaching kids how to ride horses or some shit. Yes. Uh, then we go into, I forgot what city, but we see... Chicago. Donna Troy and Corey Anders are in a okay. van. That's it. That's most of their entire scenes. This entire episode is they're in a van. Corey stuff is painful for me to watch. <laughs> when in the later scene, when they're talking about Shimmer, the 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 supervillain Shimmer, who are also introduced to in this episode, and they're like, just oh, you and really? they're laughing at Shimmer too. Like, yeah, we've had Shimmer. Well, yeah, before. it's Corey. Oh, you really hate Shimmer? Why do you hate Shimmer so much? And she's like, well, first of all, her name is Shimmer, and that's just annoying. I'm like, what are you talking? They're doing that like Marvel thing where they try to be funny by shitting on comic books, but also it makes no sense because of all the goofy names of characters in the whole DC world. Why is Shimmer like a particularly bad one? And why do they they keep calling back to... Someone took my advice. This needs to be more funny, but they kind oh, of no. forgot that I wanted it to they be Dick Grayson job. and not everyone else. It, it was. It's not funny. And then if that wasn't bad enough, they th- even throw in a really like they have that little very oh, yeah, quick the really action joke. Beat. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, Donna is, is Wonder Girl is pulling in Shimmer with her magic lasso, and Starfire just punches her in the face, and Donna's like, "Really." What do you mean, really? It's totally normal to punch her in the face. That's what you do. So uh, she's, she's a villain. Starfire eats donuts in the van with Power Girl. They're talking about Shimmer. Under Girl. Yeah, the Donna's just there. Uh, then we introduced to Rose for the first time. Rose, the daughter of Deathstroke, who we do not see in this episode. Should we just the iPad, and then we go into a uh, sequence where. Rachel is just on the computer reading text. Uh, boring. Yeah. Falls she's asleep. Reading, she's reading Sun Tzu, The Art of War. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then falls Tony asleep. Soprano's favorite book. <laughs> falls asleep. Then some romantic shit with Beast Boy and Rachel. It goes on way too long to the point of I nearly fell asleep. And this was like 13 minutes into the episode. The only thing that uh, Beast Boy and, R- and Raven have to talk about is that they is they just talk about Dick, and they're just like, oh, what's up with Dick? What's his deal? Blah, blah, blah. That's all they ever talk about. It's just, uh, it's just not a good... Uh, it's just not a good episode. Then we cut into back to Chicago. Patch Lady is in a high-speed chase with police. This is San Francisco again. Okay, so they were I, in San Francisco, not Chicago. I'm just not. I'm not clear yet whether it's just a coincidence that Rose happened to pop up in the same city as the Titans, or whether she's there because Deathstroke deliberately orchestrated it. I'm thinking it might be the latter, and I'm guessing that Deathstroke is also the one who let 
helped Dr. Light escape from prison, even though we don't actually see that. It seemed like somebody was helping him out. So we're led to believe that uh, the car chase is on national cable television and Dick Grayson and the rest of the Titans in the tower watch it overhead. Yep, and then Dick goes and like finds her. He, he, some, he managed to, to go find Rose in an alley after seeing her on TV when all the police can't find her and then just like kidnaps her and brings her back to Titan's Tower, which is a very like X-Men kind of move to me that doesn't really seem like something that i don't know like you just you just see a young ish person who has seems to have some kind of superpowers and it's like oh well this is this is probably needs to be a new member of my team i'm just gonna scoop them up and bring them back before like knowing anything about them you know what i like is the fact that she does springboard off the hood of a police car to leap herself basically like 400 yards so she smashes into like a office building as they're in the yeah. middle of a meeting. Sticks through the window going face first. She doesn't even like stick her like leg out or anything to, you know, create additional force to make sure the window shatters. She just goes face first into that office building window and crashes right through it. She I keeps... mean that's a danger that's a dangerous maneuver. She keeps running. I guess the police just give up. Like, no, we we can't go across the next block. Yeah, well, she's got the uh, she's got Deathstroke's uh, super soldier genes in her, which is why she's uh, able to move like that, and why she heal has healing special healing abilities too. Something has apparently happened to her eye. It's not explained what, but they establish later that her eye is healing rapidly. Uh... She's special. They go, uh, Hank and Don make out. They go, they make it at a fireplace and they go to bed. Uh, Hawk wakes up, sees that Dove left. Is curious what she, happened and tries she, to. She, she snuck out, bust up a meth lab, which is like some cop shit. I feel like that's not, like, why does, what, why does a superhero need to go bust up meth labs? Like, what are you in the DEA? Like, there's nobody. There's nobody in trouble there. No, I mean, there's no one in danger or whatever. It's just a, it's just a drug lab. Like, is that really superhero business? I don't think so. Which also doesn't make sense in the context of didn't they both equally want to retire? But now it's like, no, I want to get back in the game. I want to be a hero. Well, well, no. Well, it turns. Well, that's the that's the tension uh, between them because as it turns out, Don actually didn't want to retire as much as Hank did. So they have a big fight about it. But then something else happens. So uh, Hawk basically. Uh, wait, wait. First, we gotta get to the as Dove beats the shit out of people in her costume in the meth lab, and then they have the fight. Oops, by the way, her her Dove costume it looks so stupid. It's got like little feathers and shit on it. Like she looks ridiculous. It's. I look. I liked her costume in season one when they didn't show like the feathers in the back. They change it. Is it a different costume? I think so. There was not even like a mask. She didn't even wear a mask. I don't think. I Wait, no, like she wore she a mask. Wear she wore a mask. mask. She wore a dominant I mask. Rem- I don't remember there being so many feathers though. I don't either. It just feels like oh, that was like a cape. Yeah, it was a cape, uh, like, covered in feathers. It's a cape that kind of looks like a bird's wings with feathers on it. I don't know. She looks silly. 
Yeah, so then Hawk, uh, Hank is like pissed off. How dare you? You I thought you would be safe. Then this sick guy buses into their their nice uh log cabin. And in the best scene of the entire episode, vomits up light. Yeah, he's been turned into like a light bomb by Dr. Light. And it's the uh, kid that Hank was uh, teaching to ride a horse earlier, I believe. Yes. Oh, wait, we, forgot, we also forgot the other. Oh, and then the really shit fire because the house burnt down. So now they don't have yeah, a place the, to stay. Yeah. And, and what the first of two terrible instances of CGI fire in this episode, it just looks like dog shit. And, and they are all shocked. Oh, no. Uh, oh, we forgot to bring up the art of war. A scene early early in the episode when rachel falls asleep during the art of war goop goop Scoop. comes out of her oh yeah she's having a little uh bad dream uh trigon is like stalking her in her nightmares or something presumably and she wakes up with like three like uh cuts on her body like she's been slashed by trigon's claw so I guess uh, Trigon isn't completely dead, folks. He's he's still living on inside of Rachel to torment her or whatever. So back to the house burnt down. Luckily, the car's still around. Down. So Hank calls Dick Grayson and says, we need a place to stay. <laughs> well, yeah, because Dr. Light has come after them. So they, they need to meet with the other Titans and, and regroup. Uh so we're led to assume this was a previous foe of the Titans. That's right. Uh, as as uh, they get to the call, you see a security camera. Uh, Rose, the eye patch lady, uh, access denies, yet somehow gets entry into the Titans tower. Dick brings her inside the tower. He deliberately went and like kidnapped her to take her there. Everyone's like, what the fuck, Dick? This is not necessary. Except Rachel is very understanding about it, actually. you, Dick is expecting her to be upset about it, and she's like, no, I think it's great. Uh, I don't know. And we get lots and lots of melodrama. Scenes that made... The, the, the scene with Dick and Rose in, like, the Titan's Tower lasts almost as long as the Beast Boy... Rachel monologues and it's just kind of like a fuck you I don't need your help but I need to help you you're great uh, da, da. also I know who uh, you are have potential you could be doing something and it's just so dick doesn't so dick doesn't know that this is deathstroke's daughter at this point which is dumb like they they sh- like there's they're supposed to esta- have established that dick is smart and he's a detective and he should have figured that out right away you know then I don't know. They have they have the whole thing where he calls and talks to Bruce Wayne and like it's a completely pointless conversation because Bruce Wayne is all like, oh well, this is what I would do, and he's like, oh well, I'm not doing it your way. I got to do it my way. And Bruce Wayne is kind of like, okay, whatever, whatever you want. I don't care. Stop calling me. Uh, in between a funny conversation with Corey and Ray, as they listen to music on the radio. And awful, check their awful phone. stuff. Oh, don't forget the other great uh, season. Oh, Corey two. likes Corey likes music from the seventies, and uh, Donna can't stand it. Isn't that a funny concept that they have a little piece of dialogue about? 
Yeah, and not only that, then they reveal on the phone, guess who's going to stop by soon? Roy Harper. Oh, really? I must have tuned that part out. There's an Easter egg with the phone saying Roy Harper. I can't wait to see what shitty Australian actor they cast as Roy. Yeah, it's just, uh, it was just really just, uh... Speaking of which, Tegan Croft's uh, accent was really slipping in this episode. In her little, like, romantic scene with Beast Boy, uh, I don't know what was going on with her voice. I'm going to keep reminding even though she's from Ohio, just let her have her British accent. Just let her have, like, because I wasn't. That doesn't make any sense. Because then you can just say, like, okay, Regal, because, you know, a lot of Americans think English accents have, like, English rule. And if she's, like, the daughter of literal Satan. I believe she's actually Australian, which doesn't sound regal. It sounds like g- garbage. It's garbage talk. But um, but uh, but that's another. But if she were had not grown up in Ohio, but rather in the dimension of Azeroth with her mother Arella, as as in the source material, then she could have any goofy accent she wants because it doesn't matter. That's not America. It's Azeroth. You know. Uh, before we continue on, uh, as they do the melodramatic thing and lots of tour, uh, did Jason Todd in this, as much as I like her and I thought he was the best character of season one, uh, he kind of sucks in this episode. Like none of the futuristics I liked about Jason Todd in season one of Titans are kind of in this. I, maybe I just was never, never liked Jason Todd as much as you did in season one because I still think he's kind of the same. I mean, he's pretty boring in this episode. He doesn't do anything he's interesting or he's, cool. He's, but, uh, uh, <laughs> you know what it uh, kind of reminds me of? What does it remind you of? It reminds me of a young Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. It's like that, except not good. And they really want, like, Hayden Christensen to be the Jason Todd and Ewan McGregor to be Dick Grayson. <laughs> and it's like, I'm supposed to be the one! Yeah, it's kind of like that, except uh, unlike that m- movie, which is good, it's uh, really bad. It is, really. And then you just keep seeing him just, like, war- like do fighting in the background and just complain, complain, complain. It's just boring. All the characters are boring. Beast Boy and Raven are both boring as shit. Beast Boy does no, not no, transform no into is. any animal this episode. Uh, as we move on to back to the police drama, Rachel walks in to see Dick Grayson on the supercomputer. Uh, Dick Grayson's pissed at Jason Todd because Jason Todd thinks he's not ready to be Robin because he used the Batman supercomputer to look at Pornhub. Or Wait, really? Pornhub. Yeah, that, is that, that true? That was something in the. We didn't say Pornhub. He said like pornography. <laughs> Missed that bit, but um, it, ma- it makes sense. Jason Todd using the bat computer for pornography. Can't believe he did that. That means he's not mature enough for a a world of throwing batarangs at the Riddler. Uh, Couldn't he just does does Batman not let him have like a cell phone or his own computer? He can't just like look at porn. Why he's does a he really need the bat? He can buy a laptop. Like what the fuck? Yeah, does he need the bat computer to look at porno? He can just look at porn on like a regular computer he on his own. He can just go time. to the Gotham Public Library like all the rest of them. Oh, well, he doesn't need to do that. He lives with a billionaire. 
so as we continue on with the story, uh, we are introduced to a Dazzler. In 31 minutes in, we see... Sh- the- Shimmer. Oh, yeah, Shimmer. Shimmer's in. And she, like, glows for a second, and they're like, oh, my God, she actually shimmers. And, like, of course you would already know that. Why? Oh, God, I hate... All, all of those those uh, those Corey and Donna scenes were she just throws brutal a to newspaper me. like it's supposed to be a ninja star. <laughs> they then we are introduced to a uh, starfire burning stuff that doesn't burn. Donna throws the lasso uh, and captures uh, <laughs> Shimmer. Uh, gets and then there's like a clothesline. That's it. That's the fi- that's the fight. That's the fight sequence they get. You had this like star- starfire punches her and Donna's like really. That's it. That's the fight sequence. Because you're supposed to have like this big, long choreographed fight sequence like in the start of the show with uh, Jason Todd and the wooden sword with Beast Boy. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Oh, there's an unknown number. So, so oh, I just checked. Uh, so, with the Bruce Wayne phone call scene. Bruce Wayne gets an unknown from Dick Grayson. I would he I don't understand what's the point of call, masking the origin of the call if he's just calling Bruce Wayne. Well, maybe it's Robin. You never know. <laughs> maybe it's a Robin Dick Grayson. So it has to be an unknown number. It has to be untraceable. But he's calling. He's calling from the Titans Tower building that Bruce Wayne owns. I mean, Batman clear, clearly finances all of this. Like, it's not like he's hiding or something. He knows where he is. It's the one. Uh, it's the one room. Uh, lots of moral support by Bruce Wayne once again for Dick Grayson. Another completely pointless, nothing conversation between Dick and sixty-year-old, frail, turkey-neck Bruce Wayne. Which I just want to remind just... you. Then why the fuck did Dick Grayson leave in the first place? He just he just sounds so neutral and like. He's not like stubborn or hard-headed or anything that like Batman is is normally like. He's just kind of like sort of like vaguely supportive and well, doesn't like Dick really... Gray- like if you're Batman you should be going like, "Well, Dick, I think you're a good leader. I've seen you do this with potential Titans. You have a lot of experience as a Robin and I know you don't want to be a Robin. Can you help Jason be a Robin?" Something like that would have been a great scene. Like so- just like there's your five sentences, move on. Uh, that would that would suck too. Because opinion. at least like there is some like at least there's a train of thought. This is just like you know, I never meant to hurt you. I was there. I remember everything that you saw. And you know, you're really good. And you know, you're very smart and sophisticated. And I just think Jason's going to downfall. My big fear is Jason. And they 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 talk about uh, this girl, uh, Rose. I guess he doesn't know her name yet and doesn't even know that it's Deathstroke's daughter yet. Uh, but they just kind of talk about her. Batman isn't really curious about her or anything. Uh, he's just kind of like, whatever, okay, you know, do whatever you want. I trust you. Have fun. <laughs> enjoy like, your it, enjoy your little Titans thing. I guess. Uh, I've got, have I've got, fun. <laughs> I've got I've got businessman stuff to do here at my I, desk. I'm kind of busy right now. I'm kind of busy right now looking at some uh, kanji. <laughs> Look at some kanji on a screensaver straight from Windows 2000. <laughs> I just don't understand why they cast this incredibly old-looking man. I think just, <laughs> as, as I think Bruce on, Wayne. Honestly, if I had to be uh, legit, I would say it is because of because uh, he was on Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, sure so it's a that's shock. Why they cast him? Yeah, 
Well, no, I mean they just want to to draft off of that uh, Game of Thrones uh, hype. I think that's, did, that's pretty it. much all it is. And, and that was the six, best. And they needed someone who's in his sixties because you know best it, Game of Thrones guy they could get. They would have taken any dude from Game of Thrones to be Batman, and that was would. the best one they could get. So what they did is they just went. That's the guy, and they had to get someone who's in sixties solely because. Uh, no, they, why do they need someone that old? It doesn't make sense. He should be like maybe fifty. Fifty like would make 40s. sense too, because you got to yeah. go like when? How old was he when he's Batman? And we're led to believe like mid twenties, like twenty five, twenty six in Batman Year One. But then if you want to just age it to thirty, so it's like you can have that parallels with Dick Grayson when he's Nightwing to when Batman. So he's- so he still doesn't need to be older than like 40 or in his 40s. Yeah, and it's just this like at least give him like 40s then if, if you want to do. Yeah, it seems like that's about the age Batman should be at this point in his career, but, but I don't know. But Dick the, Grayson, the more important it, thing is that he just doesn't look or sound or behave anything like Batman would. If Dick Grayson was like 10, if we're let to leave like Dick Grayson was 10 when he was Robin, which was in most. All right, let's do let's do the math. Let's add it up. Ten, uh, and we'll say let's just go thirty. We'll just go thirty. Thirty now, which he shouldn't 35. be that old, but whatever. If Dick Grayson's thirty now, that's plus twenty years. Dick Grayson is forty-two. Batman is in his late sixties. Yeah, he would be in his late sixties exactly. Yeah, perfect, perfect casting. So, <laughs> Dick. Dick Grayson at the at the at the ripe old age of forty five, Dick Grayson has finally given up the Robin man. Finally, he's sick of this shit. And uh, they're going to spend all season on him, like deciding to become Nightwing. Uh, that's going to be like a season long uh, thing, and yeah, probably. And we're, so, and we're not even ever going to get that. No, no, no you know finale, what? He's going to be like, call me Nightwing. No, no, no. It's going to be even worse. It's yeah, just going to be Nightwing, not the suit. Just call me Nightwing. And it's not even going to have, like, the origin story. Like, you're not even going to hear Flame Bird at all uttered. Or... Yeah, because they don't even need, like, they don't even really need to have suits. They don't really wear, like, super suits. He was kind of the only one in the first season, him and Jason, and their Robin costumes. The rest of them just wear regular clothes. So he doesn't even need to come up with some goofy Nightwing costume. He can just be Dick Grayson and just wear his regular clothes. Uh, oh yeah, right. we forgot. I, I you you, you uh, have oh, more summarizing to do. Yes, we're like the last seven minutes of the show. Ready? Okay. So, uh, uh, Shimmers in is... jail. Shimmers in jail. Roy Harper phone call. We already referenced that. Okay, send, I sent you the screenshot. Um, yeah, there it is. It's Roy Harper. Oh boy. Uh, then uh, we finally get someone from the Tamaron. Star- yeah, Starfire gets kidnapped by someone who is sent to collect her apparently we're led to believe blackfire once uh which is like okay sure so now we have a actual like starfire story plot donna's like where the fuck's Corey? oh oh man i was too busy on the phone with roy but now i'm gonna call (laughs) dick grayson instead of calling roy harper who i was just on the phone with considering they're both vigilantes you would think of course, they're going to call Dick Grayson. That's the first person that anybody calls when they're having trouble. Is is Dick Grayson the great hero? They need his help. But Dick Grayson's busy. Uh, later on, he gets some coffee with Rose in his car. Uh, 
they read a muffin and it's like i don't know who the hell you are i don't know who you are you're great but i don't know who you are could you at least give me like your first name or something i just need to know who you are it feels like it takes is taking even longer than watching the episode hearing you describe it all over again <laughs> it's like i'm giving like 10 minutes of it and then she just says yeah. rose and then the best the best way to end an episode as she gets out of a car Another guy's is the backseat, and it kaboom! Light blow up. Yeah, there's the the there's there's a doctor light bomb going off in the backseat, and Dick is like, "Get down!" and grabs her, and then very slowly and ineffectively, kind of helps her out through the front, uh, through the the driver's side door. It was a really bad stunt. It like didn't look like tactical, you know, like he knew what he was doing. Uh, and also, like, if they're in a hurry to get out of the car, the car's about to blow up in a second. Why isn't he like get out? Like, they both need to get, get out. On the passenger side and run. The, imagine the logistics of like he's like get down and grabs her. So presumably he's like grabbing her and like dragging her across over the center console. And but then we kind of just cut to them like slowly stepping out of the car as a fake uh, CGI explosion happens on the car right next to them. The it looks last, terrible. The terrible last scene. stunt, terrible effects, looks like shit. Last scene, Beast Boy and Jason are at the back computer in the Titans Tower, finds out her full name is Rose Wilson, and then sees, wait a minute, Rose Wilson is the daughter of Slade Wilson. Holy Le- fucking shit. Holy it's fucking shit. <laughs> in the worst, like, forced... Like, this is Beto O'Rourke levels of just, can you just say a curse word to be edgy for us? Yeah, they got they got to have their cuss words in there. And also it, like, he punched because we were already kind of introduced to Deathstroke uh, in the previous episode. So maybe uh, if you just got like, rid of the whole Deathstroke A-plot of the Titans back bitches and added to episode three, maybe it would have been better. Yeah, I don't know. Or, I mean... Who knows? We also haven't heard from uh, Superboy or Crypto yet. Why was uh, that even still, in season two? <laughs> still in the wind somewhere. They're going to show up sooner or later. I want it to now just be a joke of just like, right when they're about to face like Deathstroke, just Superboy walks in, laser beams them to have the death, and just goes, hey guys. Yeah, so I don't really have much more to say about this episode. It sucked. It wasn't good. Uh, it wasn't as like slow and painful to watch as the first episode. Uh, they tried to make it kind of light and funny, but they did a bad job because they're terrible writers. Uh, uh, scenes, as I said, were painful and unfunny. Uh, uh, you, it's just not a. It's just not a good show. It's a bad show, folks. You, you you say painful. I would like to argue it's more forgetful. Like, none of these are memorable scenes. Like, none of these seem like plots, points that would have any, like, going on later on in the next. Like, when you told me, oh, the light bomb is the guy from the horse, it's like, was he? Like, I totally forgot that was what the guy looked like. Well, yeah, I did. I mean, I didn't remember what he looked like. I just knew it because it was a kid and they, like, said his name. I don't even remember his name. I could just sort of pick up from context, like, oh that's probably that kid from earlier. And so it's like, and then it's like, because you know, it adds some, it adds some stakes to it. There's a little bit of personal tragedy there. He was, he had retired. He was on a ranch. He was training kids to ride horses. And then tragically, Dr. Light 
used one of the kids as a kamikaze bomb to try and kill them. Done. Get him back, back. That's what's going to get him back on the uh, metaphorical horse of uh, being a superhero. <sighs> Fuck off, <laughs> It is. It's like. And, and, and like so, like does any of the plot points of Donna and and Corey talking have any effect on like the, like the no. first two? Dis- no, other than we got to get well. So they're so they're establishing that Donna and Corey are working together, uh, which so that uh, Donna can be there when Corey gets kidnapped. So then Donna can then has a reason to go rejoin with Dick and the rest of the team because like oh Corey's gone, we got to find her. Also, it established the existence of Shimmer. Uh, Shimmer and Dr. Light are both members of the Fearsome Five uh, villain team. So I'm thinking that what's going to happen is uh, Deathstroke is going to assemble the Fearsome Five. Uh, We might also see Mammoth and Gizmo, (laughs) who are a couple of the other members. Gizmo. Uh, Yeah, I think we're pro- I think we're probably going to see those guys this season too, uh, because Deathstroke is going to like put together a team to get revenge. Yeah, so those are the two things that it accomplishes. I guess it also establishes the existence of Roy Harper. So uh, there are a couple of things, uh, season arc wise, that I guess it establishes, but it's mostly just a boring, shitty vehicle for quippy dialogue. I look forward to some like Irish actor they got to just like pretend they're a laid off Radio Shack employee to play Gizmo. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and I get the feeling they're going to do like basically the Judas contract storyline, but with Rose instead of uh, Tara, uh, because it seems like they're already kind of established that Rose is like reluctant to join the Titans. She's like, she's all hardened and whatever, but then they're going to slowly, she's going to, they're going to slowly earn her trust, but secretly she'll be like doing Deathstroke's bidding. And then there's going to be a whole, she'll be spying on them for Deathstroke. And that's going to be that whole thing that usually happens with Tara, but they're doing it with Rose. Which will be, you hear Beast Boy and Jason go, Dick, don't trust her. That's the that's the daughter of, of Stroke. Because now that yeah. they found out, holy fucking shit. But then one of them is going to have a little romance with her. Maybe Jason is going to have like a little uh, kind of ill-fated romance with Rose only to like be betrayed by her because she's Deathstroke's daughter. And yet we have yet to see Jericho in this so far. He'll, he'll come up. We'll see him, I'm sure, eventually. It's uh, just... I, I, this was just a flawed episode. It's, many, it's very forgettable. A lot of scenes almost put me to sleep. It was one of those things where you watch it and you just stare blankly and just go, well, what, why? What is, what's the meaning of this? Other than we got to forcibly get this plot going. Like To me, it feels like the writing plot was just like we wrote an outline of like, Okay, so Dick Grayson needs to establish Rose as a partner. We then need to show that he trusts Rachel enough to be on her own. Then we got to have to make sure that he is aware that he's losing the mantle of Robin to Jason and is okay with that. But then in the like season three, we see the loss of Robin, and that's what sparks Dick Grayson to be all pissed off and... <laughs> 
Well, that all sounds uh, pretty reasonable when you lay it all out like that. Like, I don't think that in terms of the plot or what they're trying to do, that those are not so necessarily good. Then they went to a writer's good. room, and they're like, "We need a five-minute scene to establish that Dick Grayson just- and Rose are trustworthy." Go. Yeah, you're just, I mean, you're just describing how writing a TV show works. And I mean, I don't instead really have a of problem like cohesive with... plot, it's just, well, went to a coffee shop. <laughs> Probably because yeah, they just had coffee yeah, the, in the shop. The problem is that they're just not very good. I mean, they're try. it seems like they're trying. They're trying to make a pretty good show, but the writing just isn't really good. The acting is especially bad, so the actors don't really sell uh the writing which is already not good oh, you're you're, uh, you're 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 making you you dare uh go after uh teen choice award nominee brenton thwaites <laughs> brenton thwaites fucking sucks dude brenton thwaites as dick grayson in this hey, because I, I can see everything they're trying to do with Dick, you know, make him this like mentor figure for the Titans. You know, he's training them and saying all this wise stuff about combat. But they got this shitty actor who doesn't really look that much like a grown up. You know, this is supposed to be grown up Dick Grayson. They should have gotten a grown up looking guy. <laughs> like, Once looks, again, looks like they passed on me. Who, they passed on me, Trev. Yeah, I know, I know, but who knows? They're coming alternate reality, Earth Two, or I'm the Dick Grayson, and you'd be singing with Brenton Thwaites, going, "This guy fucking sucks." Ability, they could do the alternate universe crossover guest starring Jordan Haas. You shouldn't give up on that dream just yet. Maybe season four, they can do that plot line. By the time like the movie comes out, I'll probably be in my (laughs) forties, and then it would just be even more worse. but the, the I thought weirdest... it was great. I loved it. I think it's a fantastic show. Uh, it's what else? What else is there to say? Uh, dude, the only real question is this is only Titans are back, bitches. Titans are back, bitches. I had two questions. Two questions left. Okay. One: Who was the main character in this episode arc? Um, there isn't one. There are multiple protagonists, obviously. Uh. Cause, it, cause in season one they kind of made it so like every character had their own individual arc, and it's it's clear that Donna and Corey were the B plot, so A plot was Rose and Dick. But yeah, there wasn't really a main protagonist of this episode. But they Dick was not really a hero to... or doing anything. That's why it was like. Yeah, well, I guess Dick is the closest thing to the main character because like. He's the one sort of driving everything at this point, and he has his little moment of doubt that he needs to call Batman up and like get some useless advice and have a pointless conversation. So, but um, and finally, but, so yeah, the they, second question they is: to, Is Batman a murderer? Okay, second question: Is Batman a murderer? He's clearly not. We've established that he's not. So Dick Grayson's a fucking liar then. <laughs> No, the whole that whole thing was a fantasy inside his mind that never happened. It was a fake vision of the future that Trigon put in his head. Enough to go to Detroit to become a cop? No, wait, what are you talking about? Because remember, season one, the very first scene is, I have to leave because Batman is a murderer, and I fear that if I become more like Batman, I'm going to be a murderer. He's not, when does that happen? I don't get it, because the whole thing in Dick's uh, fake... Uh, Trigon is uh, a fantasy. Well, yeah, but it's the fact that Batman has finally gone too far and started killing his enemies that pushes uh, 
Dick over the edge and makes him have to kill Batman. It's so funny. it wouldn't have made it. So it wouldn't make any sense if Batman already was killing people in real life, because then the whole purpose of that murder fantasy doesn't make any sense. Season one was all about fuck Batman. Season two, be Batman. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to tell you. They had a, they wanted him to just kind of make up with Batman or at least start to repair their strained relationship. But they just there's just no interesting writing there. They didn't. Ha- they don't have any idea what they're doing. I look forward to Jason to Todd dying. Like, just get kill Jason Todd eventually, and yeah. then get they that depressing the relationship. They don't know how to make the relationship between Dick and Batman interesting at all. So, congratulations, so. season three. Jason's dead. Batgirl is announced. You get some uh, or- orange-haired lady from an ABC Family or Freeform show to play her. Uh, then you introduce Tim Drake in season four and then you end the show because like hbo max is like yeah we're wasting so much money (laughs) can't i imagine the budget for this show must be tiny it looks like garbage it really doesn't seem like they're spending very much money like a cw show has a better budget than this well uh well, it probably does, yeah, because those shows have like uh, what, like twenty or more episodes per season. So, I would I would say probably one episode of a CW show costs about the same, but they have a budget they have to spread out over a whole season. So, overall, yes, they probably spend mu- much more money on the CW shows than and, on this crap. And yet, Doom Patrol has probably the same budget and looks a whole lot yeah. better. <laughs> Well, yeah, they're just because they're just better, uh, more talented people working on that show that managed to spread the money out uh, in a more interesting way and uh, really pretty cool stuff with a smaller budget. So I just want to remind people, as much as we hate this Titan show, and we're going to keep watching, we'll be back next week with another episode. It Doom Patrol is a much better show. <laughs> Please watch Doom yeah. Patrol. Yeah, we don't need to harp on that all the time. But yeah, Doom Patrol is good. This show is bad, unlike Doom Patrol, which is good. So, so that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, week for us to continue talking about how bad this show is. Uh, thank you for listening, folks. And until next time, fuck Batman. Fuck Batman. Titans are back, bitches. Bitches.